Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A couple of things we haven't had the opportunity to touch on yesterday. We'll get back to the Kings uh, for sure. We got Chris Biederman said to join us. In about 15 minutes, and I think we got Kamara here. So let's bring Kamara in. Jesse, go ahead and let Kamara rock here for a minute because we haven't dove into the conversation about Deion Sanders yet. Mm. Um, The reaction to Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State for Colorado was pretty uh, interesting to watch uh, in in our world. And – Kamara, I know you did a podcast on this uh, recently. Um, let's start with this. Why Why was the reaction what it was for Deion Sanders leaving an HBCU? Uh, there's a reaction. You talk about, like, be more specific, the reaction in media or the reaction of the fans or HBCU alumni because there's like three different reactions that we, we there need really to was there, right? was there was a few things going on so 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 lay them out for me because i i seem to be overly familiar with only one reaction but lay, lay out what you saw uh when it was announced that that dion was leaving right so the fanfare with dion leaving on the media was actually kind of disconcerting because you would have thought as former nfl player um you know, residing in Mississippi, who actually stole millions of dollars from Mississippi, would generate the same type of talking points and energy and, you know, media concentration uh, than a guy, a football coach, leaving to another university. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that was the thing that really kind of like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All this heat on Dion is weird to me. Right, and I didn't understand it because it's like, Damien, we're of the same generation. I think Casey, you and I, are the same generation as well. We've all watched Dion. We've all known Dion since 1994. When he, I mean, since well, 1989. But you know, this is the same guy in 1994 did a song called "Must Be the Money." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, you know what I mean? And this is the, this is the guy who wore, who made popularized wearing, uh, uh, wearing bust downs. During the during NFL games and during uh, <laughs> during a, a playoff baseball matches, mm-hmm. you know, so like I just was kind of weirded out by the reaction to Dion being Dion. So that's on the media level. Then you had fans who were creating the conversation of you know uh, uh, you know Dion uh, uh, leaving and you know did he keep his word and was he you know, was he being disingenuous? And it kind of filtered into the HBCU alumni who was, it was like kind of a split conversation among, you know, black alumni of different HBCUs, of course, Jackson State being an HBCU in uh, Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. 
I know I'm an HBCU alumni, right? And so I saw both sides of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And you saw how there were some who were like, hey, you know what? Uh, we appreciate what Dion did. And we appreciate how he would he get uh, spotlighting, um, you know, a program and, and pouring energy and resources into the program that needed it desperately. And then there were others who took it as an offense, like, man, you just upped and left. Um, and so I think that's kind of where I want to focus in on the idea of did he really do a disservice to, you know, Jackson State, and, to, and did he really operate outside the framework of what's expected of Dion and of a, a football coach? Mm. Can I lay that out front? For y'all? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I, I want to, so I want to ask you to that, you know, some of the, well, first of all, I'm, I see both sides. Like, I see the side of this was a job for Dion in his coaching career, and he was at one level and moved up to another level. It's no different than if somebody was at Bowling Green and got a job offered to go to Ohio State. Like, they're going, right? right? So I get that aspect of it. Um, it, I do get the aspect of people, I don't know if they're mad or, like, condemning Dion so much, as they're a little hurt by it. Because he came in preaching, like, HBCU big time. We're here to turn this around, and we're going to bring these athletes in here and make HBCU – he he essentially has said a lot of time, at least the, the way people felt was, I'm gonna make Jackson State on par with the, these other D1 or FBS schools by bringing in the best players. And the second mo- the money came through, he's like, oh, okay, I'm not doing that no more. I'm going, I'm out of here. And that I, I understand how people are like, damn, Dion, like I wish you would have just stayed. But uh, like, do you see those two? point of views and do do they both kind of have merit um i see both point of views i don't think they i don't think one holds merit though because you know again for me i'm looking at it like who on any like let's say the opening press conference someone walks in or even the opening you you, you get hired by a job nobody's going to come into the job interview or to the job the first day on the job be like hey y'all what's up hey guess what I'm not here for a long time, just for a good time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really here to make sure I'm getting my stuff off and then I'm going to move on. Nobody does that. And I, what I expected of Dion is what he's exactly doing, good, bad, or different. And so to project onto him an unfair standard that nobody does, like, he's going to do – yes, he, he says all these things about the idea of I'm going to build up Jackson State, which he did. I'm going to pour in resources and I'm going to get attention on the Jackson State, which he did. I'm going to make sure that Jackson State is elevated, which he did, you know. And so he did the things he said he was going to do. Now, was he expected to do that in, in the same fare as an Eddie Robinson at Grambling? No, because he's not built from the same cloth as Eddie Robinson. He never was projected to be Eddie Robinson. He was projected to be Dion. And so anybody who expects him to be beyond Dion, they set themselves up for a disappointment. And I just want to – I'm sorry. Can you just make this one final point before you jump on that? Um, It really speaks to a larger public consciousness of using – attaching our emotion 
and divorcing our reality or our analysis onto a person, a persona. We get attached to the persona and the, our, we project our ideals on that persona rather than focus on who that person is. And that's just not for Dion specifically. That's whether it's in pop culture, whether it's in music, whether it's in politics. We do this all the time. It's the same reason why a former casino owner can became the president of the United States because people project their ideals onto him and onto that person rather than looking at that person from the, uh, from the analytical lens of this is who this person is and he's never been more than what he's always said he's going to be. Uh, and that's, and that's, yeah. that, that's fair. And I get that. And I'll ask both of you guys this though. It, like people are like, well, why are why are we getting mad at Dion? Why are we getting mad at Dion? Why are people disappointed in him? You know, he's just he's doing what he he's supposed to do. If we're being fair about the whole thing, Kamar, we rake Brian Kelly over the coals and talk about how he don't care about these kids. He about a dollar. We did the same thing for Jimbo when he left Florida State and went to Texas A and M. Why are now? I'll ask the same question. Why are people mad that they're doing the same thing to Dion? Because it wasn't, the, it wasn't the same thing. Brian Kelly literally left under the darkness of night. Uh, Jimbo Fisher literally lit, lit, uh, lit a Christmas tree and then left. And not only that at Florida State, because I'm here in Florida, he literally left the cupboard bare. Like, he did it. He stopped recruiting. What, 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 you think, wait a minute. You think Deion been recruiting for Jackson State? Hold up, hold up. Let me just say this. He literally, like, it was Florida State, like, was in such a disrepair after um, Jimbo left that, you know, he actually, the recruits who were supposed to actually, uh, the quarterback who played for Philadelphia uh, Eagles right now. Um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He was, he was a commit to Florida State. He was a commit. And, he, and the only reason he went to Ohio State is because he said Jimbo State, Florida State stopped recruiting him. They literally, he said, I was committed to Florida State. Bro, and they the, literally just stopped, they stopped calling me. Bro, Dion taking, taking all of these players to Colorado. <laughs> he already told them. He told the people of Colorado, I'm bringing all these boys with me. What cupboard is, is stored at Jackson State right now? Oh, I, w- I would tell you, actually, on my, in my perspective, Jackson State is still a very admirable job if you're a head coach. If I were Jackson State, and, you know, I said this on the pod, we, went, we broke this down. I'd be using this as a platform to get any of the coach say, hey, listen, you see, number one, we still have the best, one of the best facilities in the SWAC, right? We still have, so it's, that's a great recruiting tool. Um, you see that, you know, we can still get appeal if the, if the product is good enough on the field. Yeah, you're not going to get the same level of recruit, but you're still going to, you can still have a competitive product on that field. And if you operate it and you promote it the right way, you can get a good coach and you can literally tell the coach, listen, at the end of the day, Dion was the headliner. He was the guy. But it doesn't stop from the integrity of this program that was built up in the last three years. And if you come in and do what you're supposed to do, you can make you can still make some headway and make some noise at this program. So here's here's two things of 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 note here. You ask why you know all this hate on 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 Dion for doing what Brian or why are people mad? at people who are mad at Dion for doing what Jimbo did and what Brian Kelly did and what all these other guys did. And I think you, you know the answer to this, and I know Kamara knows the answer to this, is because when you are at an age, when you have a dis- responsibility when you're in that position as a black head coach. Mm-hmm. And right. 
Jimbo's job isn't to uplift uh, Division One football. Right, right. Dion, the second he took that Jackson State University job was to lift up, not Jackson State, all HBCUs. Yeah. Suddenly, right. Dion had to be the guy who lifted HBCU athletics. Suddenly, there were there. You know, is is Dion going to be the guy who changes HBCUs for basketball? Is he going to be the guy who changes HBCUs for this? All fell on Dion Sanders. That's not what Dion asked for. Uh, that's what Dion said he was going to do. That's another part of this. He said he was going to do no. that. No, he did. He said we're bringing this back to the HBCUs. Yes, absolutely. That's another reason why all this is happening on him. He said he was going to do that. And and you can make the argument he did. Let's 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 point out one other thing because we're running short on time. And come on, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you rock here for a minute, Dion. We we, we forget this in the state of of the current NFL. Obviously, he's been a television personality. He's 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 I'm sure has had a a, a seven plus figure uh, television job for years. He made thirty three million dollars in his playing career. Mm. If the offer from Colorado is accurate and it's a thirty million dollar contract, do that math in your head. Oof. And that's just the money on the books. That's not what you're actually getting. <laughs> he ain't never spending a that's dime in That's the Boulder. money on the books. <laughs> like, we, we get wrapped up and we think Dion is this big, you know, generational wealth guy. He almost certainly isn't. He ain't starving. Mm-hmm. But remember when he played and remember the sport that he right. played. Go ahead, Kamara. Wrap yeah. us up here. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's doing he, – if anybody would have asked, asked us to say, listen, I'm going to give you a 300% raise – to go ahead and, you know, go into a, pro- a better program, a better facility, or whatever, and you're going to be making X amount of dollars to a person, they would jump at that opportunity. You know, and we, you mentioned his playing days. This guy was considered a mercenary. Casey, you're a big 49ers fan. What did they call him when he signed to the San Francisco 49ers? They said this is a mercenary hire for the 49ers to get a, a ship. That's what it was. A champion. They wanted a championship. And Dion played the mercenary. And then he hopped his behind to the Cowboys. Dion has never been more than what Dion has projected to be. And to, D- to Damian's point, he's always been, you know, to put all that on him to say he's going to uplift HBCU culture, he's not the guy for that. And he never should have been the guy. And even if he said he was a guy, you sh- we should have used a better analysis of saying that, you know what, thank you for your, your, um, your beautiful – flowery words of what you're going to do, but we know you're not that guy, but we're going to continue to rock with you anyway. Uh, real quick, yeah. I think we owe Eddie Robinson Jr. an apology because people were talking about how he was doing too much and he was spot on with that interaction with Dion. Well, our, our, and Dion came back like and said, a, I am swack. I that's am a, that's, swack. A, that's a whole other story. Uh, Kamara, you, you, you've literally got 10 seconds. <laughs> Say something nice yeah. about De'Aaron Fox. Uh, De'Aaron is going to be make the, make the all-star. And uh, you know what? We rock it. We're going to go 6-0 no in this world trip. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> look, look, Kamara is back. Uh, Kamara, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for that insight. We'll come appreciate back. You, brother. Chris Peterman joins us next here on Sacramento's Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. And just learned Kyle Matson stole all the all, all, all the bottles I, I I gave to the to the wedding party uh, on, on his wedding. Chris Biederman never got his bottle of Luke Belair as we welcome in the uh, beat writer for the Sacramento Kings over at the Sacramento Bee. Of course, he's the host of the Candlestick Chronicles uh, as well. Our man Chris Biederman. I want to mention one thing before we dive into uh, Kings and 49ers with our man Chris here. The Deion Sanders conversation was probably a little too much to try to squeeze in there when a couple minutes with Kamara. Mm-hmm. That's probably a conversation that could have gone on for hours yeah. uh, as it's gone on it's, for days. There's so many different layers to it. There man. are, and it was uh, irresponsible of me to kind of plug that into the time s- slot that we had it. But we'll, uh, you know, we were discussing important things like old Saved by the Bell episodes <laughs> and, 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 and stuff like that. But. And I meant to say, uh, somebody mentioned Eddie Winslow getting jumped by the Dragons. That was classic. I saw Eddie Eddie Winslow at Lions downtown uh, like 10 years ago. That's believable. Yeah. That's absolutely believable. I was believable. in Lions after the club, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. is that Eddie Winslow? Yeah, that's Yeah, believable. he was right in the booth right, right across from me. As long me. as he wasn't singing, man, it's fine. Baby, 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 baby. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. We welcome in our man Chris Biederman. Chris, let's start with. Let's start with the 49ers because they're, 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 they're topical right. today. Uh, no claim put out on Baker Mayfield. It look, looks like it's Brock Purdy or bust here moving forward. What are your expectations for Brock Purdy uh, heading into this, this stretch of games? You know, I still think that the 49ers are going to be a tough out sort of regardless, right? And, and the thing that stands out to Brock Purdy is in many ways he's the anti-Trey Lance in terms of you know, he started 48 games in college, right? Trey Lance started 19. The big question about Trey Lance is, you know, fundamentals. Like, can he fundamentally get his feet underneath him? Can he be an accurate passer? And that generally comes with time. Well, you don't have any of those questions with Brock Purdy, right? Like, he moves efficiently inside the pocket. Like, I think quarterback nerds appreciate the footwork and tying his feet to the way he's reading the field and getting the ball out quickly. Like, all that stuff is there. The reason why Brock Purdy was such a late round pick is because he's not particularly athletic and he doesn't have a particularly strong arm. Right. But in terms of playing the position, I think Brock Purdy can can do it at a level to the point where the 49ers with the top defense in the league, with their really good group of skill players who excel at, at getting yards after the catch. Brock Purdy can do enough to help the 49ers win games. I, I certainly don't think. You know, the ceiling is as high as it would have been with Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, one thing I've said a few different times, like you look around the league and teams are winning without elite quarterback play in a way that feels a little bit unique to this season, right? Mm -hmm. Like aside from the Chiefs and the Bills, 
it doesn't feel like every team, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings are winning games with Kirk Cousins, right? Playing at a, at a fine level, right? He's, he's okay. Daniel Jones is, is, uh, is helping the Giants win a bunch of games. He's not playing great, right? The New York Jets are in the playoffs despite their quarterback situation being a mess, right? Like there, there are situations around the league that say, you know, you can win games and be a, a tough football team to beat if your quarterback is not one of the top five guys. And I think that's that's kind of unique to this season and because we're always used to like looking at every team and saying, all right, who's got the best quarterback? Because that's the team that we generally like the most. I think this year, particularly in the NFC, it's a little bit different and we're seeing more team football uh, succeed throughout the NFL and good coaching and deep rosters and strong defensive play and and even the return of the running game a little bit. So in that sense, I think the 49ers are still pretty Whoa. well set up. Uh-huh. Whoa. Break the glass. Whoa. Break the glass. Chris, I am sorry. <laughs> Aaron Judge to the San Francisco Let's go. 49ers. Let's go. Well, to the Giants. Let's go. Giants. Let's go. My Let's go, baby. goodness. We've been talking about this for months. Let's go, baby. Come on. Wow. Come on, baby. Aaron Let's Judge go. to go. the San Francisco Let's Giants. Go. Let's go. Wow. I thought you were just really impressed with my Brock Purdy take. No, that was solid. I don't know which one I'm more excited about. Chris, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Welcome home. But Aaron Judge has signed with the San Francisco Giants. Welcome home. My goodness. Welcome home. Wow. Let's go. Doesn't it? Let's go. We back. They did it. We back. Hey, hey, hey. Where's Stringer at? We're stringer. Okay. Out. All right. We're oh, stringer. Okay. Out. All right. I want you to put the word out right. there. Yep. That we back up. Yeah. Understand me? You understand me? We back up. Back All up. All right. We back up. We will. Uh, Let's go. Make sure. Make sure he gets a float at the Niners uh, Super Bowl parade. Let's go. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. We will. Uh, we'll keep you updated as the details of of Aaron Judge's contract with the the San Francisco Giants comes in. Uh, we'll pass him along to you, but. Man, that's that's something. Aaron Judge uh, to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. You were discussing <laughs> no, Brock good. Purdy. <laughs> you were, you're good. You were yeah, no, some really good points. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you third, were discussing Brock Purdy in this moment, and I, I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, if the Giants needed anything, it was it was a guy that you could center the lineup around. And in that ballpark where it's typically hard to hit homers, like you need a guy who just has more power than the average power hitter, right? So yeah. that cool Bay Area air, like we saw Barry Bonds do it, you need to have elite power to hit home runs there, and they just got a guy with elite power. Let's and go. he happens to be from California. Let's so go. Uh, Aaron Judge to the Giants. Thought it was a pipe dream 16 months ago. Now he's here. Let's go, man. Well, they make enough money, man. Like how many Panda hats have they sold? Not many like, as of late. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, as of late, yeah, but just about in general, time. like they're they've been a cash cow for a long time, just sitting at that ballpark. So, yeah. Yeah. let's go. Happy let's go. for Giants fans. As an A's fan, you know, well, you, I'll, guys, I'll, you guys should just come to Sacramento. I'll continue okay. to regret my decision I made when I was a kid. But man, <laughs> good for the Giants. Happy for Giants fans. Hey, uh, back to the Niners. Okay. So, Brock Purdy in the in the preseason. There wasn't a lot, but there was some buzz about him. Like people were like, "Oh, I kind of like what I see in camp. I like the way he plays." I didn't see it, Chris. I I didn't think he was bad, but I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, I got to see more of this guy." He just looked like a regular 
run-of-the-mill quarterback to me, run-of-the-mill sixth, seventh-round quarterback. On Sunday, he impressed me. I, it wasn't like he was great. He wasn't phenomenal, but he showed a level of poise. He showed a level of leadership. He he made some legit throws, and I thought his his shining moment of that game was that drive before the half. He made some really good throws yeah. and really good decisions there. Did your perception change at all from preseason Brock Purdy to what you saw on Sunday? Yeah, I watched a lot of 49ers training camp this year, and Brock Purdy definitely had some moments where he was like, oh, that was, that was a nice throw, or this is, this is a nice little series of reps for him. But it never really felt like this guy's actually pushing Nate Sudfeld for the backup job, right? And mm-hmm. I remember um, sort of being surprised during, I think it was a Vikings preseason game, to hear Greg Papa and, and Tim Ryan on the broadcast talk about, like, oh, it's an actual competition for the backup spot. And I was kind of like, stop. Like, you know, they guaranteed – Nate Sudfeld money like that just doesn't really track and then as time goes on you start to like look at Brock Purdy like okay he's kind of like Nick Mullins and then but he's played a lot of football look he was a you know he turned down a chance to go to Alabama to to play at Iowa State where he had a more clear path to start obviously um so seeing it now it makes sense and Kyle Shanahan said it on his conference call yesterday that he understood that Brock Purdy sort of, sort of had a moxie and, and fearless level to his play in OTAs, like in June. And in the very few reps that he would get, there was a level of fearlessness and anticipation and the willingness to stand in the face of pressure, albeit at practice, but stand in the face of pressure and make throws, which is really important to succeed in the NFL because we see a lot of guys – um, you know, there's maybe a, maybe a quarterback who plays in, in Las Vegas who doesn't love contact – and they can be really good, but when they start getting rattled a little bit, and maybe you could say the same about Tua because he looked a little skittish in that game as the pass rush started to get more and more after him. But that that's a really important trait in the NFL, and, and Brock Purdy has it. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean that, you know, he's he <laughs> he's going to be great? He's going to put up, you know, 250 yards a game and not throw any interceptions? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but he's in, you know, he said it about Trey Lance, he said it about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's in about as good of a situation as a quarterback can be in. And so um, that's with Kyle Shannon calling plays. That's with the skill guys around him. That's what Trent Williams is your left tackle. The interior of the offensive line obviously has question marks. Certainly the right side of the offensive line might as might, might as well too. Um, but otherwise, it's a really favorable position to be in for a quarterback. And I think Brock Purdy, in terms of fundamentals, in terms of how experienced he is, in terms of the confidence that he plays with, he can play well enough to to make the 49ers a difficult team to beat. Are they going to win a, a 43 to 40 shootout? Probably not. But can they win some games, you know, 20 to 20 to 14? Those 17 to, to 23 games that we see the 49ers play so often over the years? Like, yeah, I think I think that that's a possibility. He just can't turn the ball over. To me, that's the biggest thing with Brock Purdy. If he's not turning the ball over, the 49ers are going to be in a decent spot. But if he is, then it's like, okay, this this season might end a lot earlier than people expected. Perhaps Aaron Judge is not going to the San Francisco, 49, uh, San Francisco Giants. I really wish I'd stop doing that. John Heyman, who reported that Aaron hilarious. Judge was going to the Giants, has not only deleted the tweet, but said the Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. Oh, yeah. My apologies for jumping the gun is going to go over really, really well. Oh, John. Now, 
This this is hilarious. This is this is absolutely hilarious. He's going to the Giants. It's I a done so deal. Yeah. Uh, Susan Slusser, who I think she's with the Chronicle, she tweeted yeah. four minutes ago. She says, "Buzz in the lobby is Judge is going to sign with the Giants." I'm assuming she's at the meetings, and she says, "Apparently, decision was made in the last thirty minutes." John Heyman just somebody probably told him, "Yo, chill, just mm-hmm. calm down." Judge is going to the Giants. Yeah, you, can't, go. you can't delete that <laughs> tweet, go. man. You can't, he tweeted it first with a typo, which I'm sympathetic <laughs> of. Because I've said the San Francisco 49ers twice, which it really pissed me <laughs> off the first time. So the whole time Chris Biederman was talking, it was in my head that I said San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and, and, and so I'm sympathetic with that. Tweets it again. It goes crazy. And then he deletes it. <laughs> I am with you. I'm of the belief. That uh, Aaron Judge is, in fact, going to the San Francisco Giants. When it's official, uh, we will bring that to you. Uh, Chris, who's just a passenger in this whole mess, um, obviously everyone thinks extremely high of the San Francisco 49ers defense. And that's why they're of the belief that a, a last pick in the draft rookie can step in and fill the void of 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 uh, uh, of Jimmy Garoppolo, who, as KC has said, a number of people said, never was really asked to do very much. But to me, that expectation is pretty high. If you're just asking this young man to come in, hey, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Just don't make any mistakes. That's a that's a, again for the last pick in the draft. That that's that's pretty tough to me, Chris. Yeah, it is tough. And, you know, there isn't a a long history or really any history of a guy drafted in the seventh round having any sort of sustainable playoff success. Mm. Um, So we will have to see. And we've had a small sample size, right? Like you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo came into that Seahawks game week two, played really well. And then the next week was an absolute stinker in Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was largely attributed to the, the Broncos have a really good defense, but also in that. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get any training camp reps throughout throughout the preseason. Um, so Brock Purdy's been in the building the whole time. He hasn't been getting any reps because he's been the third string quarterback, or, or I guess the backup quarterback for a while now. But backups don't get reps at practice. They, you know, maybe one or two, but mostly running against the scout team. You know, Fred Warner talked up the idea that Brock Purdy's been practicing against the the number one defense in the league, and that's helped build his confidence. We'll see. I mean, Nick Bose is not not hitting him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not taking some of the hits that that Tua took on Sunday. So yeah, it's it's definitely a big ask. But in terms of, like I said, situationally, like hand the ball off a bunch. You know, they have a loaded box. Throw a screen to Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey. Maybe that alleviates some of the pressure in the loaded boxes that he's going to see. Maybe they, you know, but the the 49ers challenging the edges of the defense prevents defenses from loading the middle of the field, which is where we know um, a lot of those passes like to go. But, like, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I'm generally optimistic just about the 49ers team as a whole because I think defensively, special teams-wise, in terms of, like, Mitch Wisnowski, you know, being able to flip field position and the, and them not allowing return yards. And Robbie Gold's in a nice little groove right now, too. Um, he bailed him out of that really ugly looking drive at the end of the fourth quarter on Sunday by hitting that long field goal. But um, just team wise, I think they can prop up Brock Purdy to be a tough out. And can Brock Purdy win them a game where he has to pass 40 times? 
I would not trust that. But if if Brock Purdy's passing it 25 to 30 times and you're running the ball 35 to 40 times, then I, I think you can play to your defense, play to your special teams, and and just be a really tough team to beat. Chris, that defense, that 49ers defense, <laughs> when you look at those tweets from like CBS Sports and see the rankings first in this, first in that, first in this, first in that. And they had one of the biggest tests of the season on Sunday. And uh, it started off a little rocky, but boy, did they bounce back um, and and make sure that they solidified everything that had been written about them before. Usually in those situations, Chris, I usually say, like, I don't know what it is. The defense usually, when you got a defense versus top flight offense, they usually, the defense is the one that, that comes out ahead. Um, it happened this way on Sunday. Do you think it was 49ers or was it an off day from Tua? I think it was both. I think Tua was definitely bad. He definitely missed a lot of open receivers and, and some of his receivers probably should have made some of those catches too. Um, but no, Tua wasn't good. And I think he was pretty clearly rattled um, probably from the fact that he was missing his, you know, three starting offensive linemen, including his two starting tackles against one of the best pass rushes in the league. Um, but no, I, I generally think the 49ers defense is elite. It deserves all the, all the praise it's been getting, but one area that I would be concerned with, and I wonder if they will make this change at some point is Tayshawn Gibson going to be the free safety or, or is Jimmy Ward going to move back there at like at any point, because that first play of the game, when Gibson just got burned, uh, by Trent Sherfield, and then you saw the, the end zone, the end zone view, he wasn't even in the screen, like, oh, Tayshawn Gibson might not be fast at all. Mm. And we sort of saw that show up in the Kansas City Chiefs game. And Jimmy Ward's a team captain who basically lost his spot due to injury and is now playing in the nickel. And sure, I guess you can make a case that uh, the best four or five guys you have in the secondary or the best five or six includes having Gibson at free safety and Jimmy Ward in the slot, whereas there might be a big drop-off if you have Jimmy Ward at free safety and Samuel Womack or Diamador Lenore in the slot. But that free safety position is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Talano Hufanga make some bad reads in recent games where he's jumping to a different route and getting beat behind him where a cornerback is expecting help in the middle of the field and, and Hufanga hasn't been there to to provide it. That happened in the Tyreek Hill touchdown. That happened against the Chargers. Um, so, you know, the Niners safeties, to me, probably the Achilles heel at this point. With Eric Armstead back, it, it sort of felt like maybe the interior pass rush wasn't as good as the 49ers would need it to be, but Armstead is is back and solidifying that. And then, so I would look at maybe the Achilles heel of this 49ers offense being the safety spot. And I, I'm very curious to see over these final five games if Jimmy Ward does go back there because I, I I think it's fair to say Jimmy Ward's one of the better free safeties in the league, and it's a little bit wild to me that that he lost a spot as a team captain to injury. And I, I would try to shore that up because if they're going to make hay in the playoffs, they can't have they can't be giving up big plays like that like they did on Sunday against the Dolphins. Hey Chris, no lie, I saw that play and I didn't see. I, I guess I was just out of the loop. And I didn't see Jimmy Ward. I was like, dang, he must have got hurt in pregame or pulled something or something like that. And then halfway through the first quarter, I see him make a tackle. I mean, he's not hurt, and he wasn't back there at safety? No, no, no. They need. I agree with you. They need to end this little yeah. experiment or whatever they're doing now. Put my boy Jimmy Ward back at safety. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. And maybe you can get creative with it. Um, you know, maybe you can have Jimmy Warded back there at base and then maybe play in the slot and sub packages or whatever. But I, I would just be leery of that because Gibson's lack of speed and he's, he's had a really nice season and he's played really good football for them. Um, particularly since he was just signed a couple of weeks before the start of the regular season. And he's been starting for, you know, the best defense in football, mm-hmm. but at, in the playoffs, you're, you're not going to have that margin for error. You can't particularly Brock Purdy is your starting quarterback. You're not going to be able to give up one or two of those big plays, which the 49ers have. And so if there's one thing that that they need to button up, I would say it's that spot. And, you know, Jimmy Ward is is a really good safety. And maybe you're asking a lot of him too to change positions a second time this season because, hmm. you know, he talked to him about it. Like he hasn't gotten he, – he moved to the slot after not getting any slot reps. He, he's been only a free safety the last few years. And now – you know, now he's practicing exclusively in the slot. So maybe it would be a little bit of a transition for him to get back to free safety and all those reps in practice. But I think the best, the best version of the 49ers defense includes Jimmy Ward at free safety. And that's just my opinion. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys I'm smarter than D'Amico Ryans, but I do think their safety play is something to keep an eye on. You good if we go to the Kings here for a minute? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Okay. I, I, I do want to mention John Heyman and Aaron Judge have just destroyed Twitter. <laughs> just absolutely destroyed it. Because this is like the best moment in baseball in the last 25 years. This is like NBA Twitter Major League Baseball edition. Andy Martino tweeted, as of 5.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Yankees have not been told that they are out on Aaron Judge. It's 2.39. <laughs> it is not 5.22 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. John Heyman and, 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 and Aaron Judge got everybody all flustered here on this little bird app. Goodness Maybe gracious. he means Eastern Time. I'm guessing that's exactly what he means. But he wrote Pacific Standard Time, and this is as good as Arson Judge uh, and Aaron Judge signing with the 49ers. Um, the Chris Biederman effect with the with the Sacramento Kings, though. Oh, it's real. That's it's the real. real deal. Like, you got all of these beat writers with these losing records, but in comes Chris Biederman, and Not we've him. got winning streaks all over the place. Uh, the bounce back started with Indiana. They've won a couple of since then, headed out on this six-game road trip. Uh, what do you think about the, the Sacramento Kings over the last three games? We've seen them get really comfortable at home, right? And then we saw them. They had that tough back-to-back, Memphis and Atlanta. Um, and uh, they lost the third game of that trip I'm blanking on right now. Boston. Yeah, Boston. Uh, Boston. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they lost in Boston. So going out on the road is going to be a really a really good test for this team because so much of what they do offensively is about rhythm and timing and shooting well and all that stuff and that's generally the stuff that's harder to replicate on the road so that that's sort of the the stuff i'm i'm really interested to see can they can they survive um a six game road trip you know we saw the bulls when the bulls played the kings here they they were playing at the end of a, a six game road trip and that can be really taxing on a team all the travel all the cities all the hotels all, all of that stuff yeah. um so one thing that we can say about the kings to this point they've played a lot of home games and they've played pretty well at home but are they going to you know continue playing at that level consistently on the road i know they have um a couple back to backs coming up um, I'm going to be with them in Toronto and Detroit. Nice. Um, nice. And that'll that'll be interesting, you know, just, just to see. I mean, how they stack up against Milwaukee on the road tomorrow night is is going to be a really interesting test. And how do they 
how do they manage Giannis defensively? Because I do think the biggest issue they have defensively while they've been better is just rim protection. Mm -hmm. And you have to play Domas all the time. Like he's, he's the hub of their offense essentially. And the, the downside of having him on the floor is you don't get that rim protection. So do you, how do you make up for it in different ways? Do you, you know, Mike Brown talks about needing to have the guys from uh, on the perimeter play on a string and they're, you know, the help to always be there. And it just not having that rim protection makes it a little bit harder on all your perimeter defenders. So, you know, how's Keegan going to handle guarding Giannis when, when he's matched up with them? Um, Harrison Barnes is, is a, a fine defender, but obviously Giannis is a, is a completely different type of animal and athlete. And so that's, that's going to be a, a real challenge for the Kings and, and can they manage to stay locked in on their shooters um, in Milwaukee. So that's, that's to me is going to be fascinating about this game. Can they contain Giannis enough to where they, they can, they can stay in it because offensively, like if they play well offensively, they can hang with anybody, but if they're not getting stops on that end and Giannis is obviously really hard to stop, then they're, you know, they're going to have a hard time winning some of these games against the elite teams on the road in the East. Chris, it's a, a simple yes or no. I have a theory in new, in lieu of the new news of Jimmy's uh, non-Liz Frank that he's coming back for Wild Card Weekend. Do you think, yes or no, it happens? <laughs> I just expect the most extreme scenario possible with the 49ers at all times. <laughs> so, like, you could tell me Brock Purdy wins in the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy ends up being the franchise guy going forward. You can tell me Jimmy comes back and after, you know, two months off and wins them an NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. I'd believe that. Like... You know, it's everything with the 49ers is just operating at like crazy extremes. So the wildest thing possible is what I expect to happen. And Jimmy coming back would not surprise me at all, yeah. particularly given how doom and gloom everything felt on Sunday. You heard it here first. There you go. Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers <laughs> franchise quarterback. He's our franchise. That's Chris Biederman. Uh, Chris, we appreciate you as always. We're back with more. We'll try to make sense of what the hell is going crazy. on right now. It's crazy. Steelo and KC on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. <laughs> what the Arson hell is going Judge. on? Arson Judge is hilarious. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough. It's a, it's it. A, the the seat. I mean the the typo as I just laid out as I told you. Aaron Judge signed with the San Francisco 49ers Like those those are tough. You want to proofread those? Obviously, you want to get those out there. Damn, I've been no look. I've been there, and uh, like so. I said, once once it gets popping. See, if I was John Heyman, I don't know if I would have let it, it out. rock. Let it rock. Yeah. Once, once it starts popping, I'm like, dang. The cold part is everything that followed. He decided, okay, I'm going to correct it and put Aaron Judge to the to the Giants. And then a couple of minutes later, he it was like, <laughs> remember when uh, remember when Woj tweeted about Ime Odoka and then just dipped? <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's what John Heyman just did. He just tweeted about Aaron Judge and dipped. When Woj did that, I legit after because I got home after work and I saw I sat in my car for an hour refreshing. Oh, you I were I didn't go inside. I remember we text. You were in bad shape. I was pissed off. <laughs> I was mad. Woj is just like yeah. Uh, 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 Ime Odoka has been suspended for the year. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> And was gone for hours. Gone the whole rest room. of the night. It wasn't. Shams got it like Shams got it like an hour later. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's 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 bad news. And, it's, and it's, here we are, months later, the the couple has separated. It came full circle. Me and and um, uh, and People Nina. Magazine got the scoop, and not Woj. But um, with with Aaron now, can I can I come to the defense of John Heyman just a little bit? Yeah, I don't think there's but my just. There's nothing to come to the defense, too, in my opinion. Ah, he probably, well, well, but he probably has the story, and maybe the Giants said, hey, hey, not yet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Giants told him, and were like, hey, we didn't get this cleared from judging. There's, there's probably 50 different reasons. It happens. I think what it boils down to, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. Trust us. It happens. In all likelihood, uh, Aaron Judge is going to the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I think so too. But I, but I would say like, but and this is where I would come to the defense of Heyman. He didn't say anything was done. He didn't leak out any money, years, nothing. He said it appears. Yeah, he's going to the Giants. Yeah. It could appear all at once. He didn't say it was official. He's just saying it appears. But they jumped him so but damn bad. You're... He was like, I, 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 I didn't. Uh, I, it appears I jumped the gun. Uh, <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> oh, they're doing. Oh, they're doing too much. Oh. Now they said December 6, nineteen ninety two. Bunny Bonds appears <laughs> headed to the Giants. Bunny Bonds. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> this is too much. But look, th- and now I know he. This is why I was talking about Jesse when I said I know he, it's done now. It's a done deal. Michael K. at the Michael K. Show. Um, <laughs> quote unquote, the Yankees are still in play. A text Michael K just received regarding Judge still in play. These guys are done. <laughs> when when that's the case, when we're still in play, we haven't heard we're not in play. Yeah, it's it's over. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> oh. Pretty soon, Aaron. Pretty soon, Aaron Judge is going to be in a hotel room with the door, <laughs> with the with the chair propped up against in his the door. Soho apartment. <laughs> Shout out to Baseball Reference who changed Aaron Judge's name on their page to Arson Judge. <laughs> they, they really? Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, this is this is a great day to be on Twitter. It's it it's is. it's one of those days. <laughs> the hell is that? I heard that too. I dude, dude no- what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> Show's over. Just are we? We're on the air, right? Like, what, what, I heard. I don't, some, yeah, I don't know what. what that I was. heard something. There's some some noise is happening <laughs> to my left, and then all of a sudden we hear that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. What that this is was. why y'all wonder why I stay at home on Mondays because I don't want to deal with this, bro. We could just jump off the air any second. I don't know. We. As long as some doesn't detonate, I don't like the now. I don't like the no. I don't like what's going on in here. This feels like the start of an episode of Twenty Four. <laughs> Damon Jack, Barley, Jack, ba- <laughs> Jack Bauer, going to be here any minute. Um, or it was like um, Escape from L.A. You ever seen that? I never seen Escape from New York. I thought Escape from L.A. was like the first of its own. I didn't know it was a sequel. Yeah, I don't think so. Isn't that an eighties uh, movie? New York was, L.A. was 90s. Help me out. I was I was listening to James Brown on the way in. Mm-hmm. Living in America. That's from Rocky, right? Yeah. Rocky Four. Ah, ah. <laughs> 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 no, 
no, which bad. I was so. like, yeah, no, this is from a movie. And then I'm driving. I was like, wait, is this from Rocky? <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, that's what Apollo was Apollo. talking about. Apollo. All that right. bad. Dude, dude, hey, James. And got, I shouldn't even say he got his ass whooped. He got, got murdered. He got, de- <laughs> he got dead. That's what he got. He got dead. Spoiler alert. I don't know if Kim's listening. I don't want to. Kim, I don't want to ruin Rocky Four for you. Sorry. I don't want to ruin Rocky Four for you, Kim, if you're listening. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't end well for for, end for, well. for Carl Weathers. Bro, man, come on, man. They let Apollo just get. Come on, man. You couldn't have told that story any better than Apollo getting murdered, bro. And the fight itself. They let Apollo get destroyed. He took about. Jesse, what would you say? Thirty-seven blunt, <laughs> blunt punches to the head. Just no, just out on his feet. Mm-hmm. For a long time, that was my favorite Rocky. I think it's it's still up there. Uh, Four? Yeah. Oh man. That was like one of the, but that was like the first one I got introduced to, right? But um, you know, I love three. Three. Thunder lips. Three. Yeah. Three. Thunderlips. Three is cold. Three is cold. But I think, per not what's the best. But personal favorite, it probably goes one, four, three. You know what that means. One, four, three? Ain't that I love you? That's what it means. (laughs) (laughs) Music wrote a song about it. Here's a fun note. You know who didn't love Rocky three and didn't want Hulk Hogan to be a part of it? Vince. Senior. Oh. Vince Jr., or well, he's not Jr., but Vince, the Vince McMahon that we know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, he was all about it. Vincent James McMahon, he was like, no, you're you're not going to do that. He's like, no, I am. He's like, if you go to do this, you're not working here anymore. Mm. He said, okay. So he went and did Rocky III, then went to the AWA, where a few people know Hulkamania was born. Mm. Vince saw it. Vince Kennedy McMahon saw it, and... Brought him back to WWE, then WWF. I think he was back with the company for a month before he uh, they, they had Bob Backlund lose to Iron Sheik and then Hulk Hogan going to Madison Square Garden and beat Iron Sheik. In hindsight, Vince McMahon Sr. was wrong about everything. Damn near. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it was, he was going to go out of business soon. I'm glad his son took over. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> Yeah, he 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 did a well uh, then, a good job, and then his son just kind of went crazy. Melanie just tweeted us: "Apollo dies, damn it, D'Lo and Casey." I was just getting ready to watch Rocky Four. <laughs> Melanie and Kim—they're just a little behind on there. Uh, oh man, Kim said no spoilers. I'm just wired it out for twenty years. <laughs> There's literally a twenty-year anniversary podcast on it. She was like, "I, I gotta go, guys. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to hear these spoilers." I've been there though. I've been there. I'm there with the office right now. I don't want to know what happened. Don't tell me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm scouring Twitter. I just need to know what's going on. Michael, like I said, Michael K. Show said uh, they're not out of it yet. They're out of it. I can guarantee you that's over. Shout but, out to Mr. Halliburton. If you're shout out Mr. Halliburton. And once again, Susan Slusser of the Chronicle. I mean, she hadn't deleted no tweets. I don't think I don't think John should have deleted the tweet. He shouldn't have because he didn't even like confirm. At, at least if it if, if, quote tweet your own tweet. With your new tweet about jumping the gun. You can't say sorry for the jumping the gun and then dip. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Like, 
John, what made you tweet this? What is going on right now? But but the the crazy thing was he he deleted the correction. That's what that's what right. He he deleted everything. Yeah, he in any in the only tweet that he has up is the my bad tweet. <laughs> so like I said, Susan I Slusser just, hasn't deleted anything. I, so let's see. Um I'm trying to just okay, let's see his his Cardinals tweet got 296 retweets. The uh, the Aaron Judge offer, the $360 million offer story that broke this morning, that has 2,000-plus. Mm-hmm. His uh, Andrew Henney market tweet has 179 retweets. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the Giants one, the current Giants one, has 10,000. 10,000 <laughs> and over 7,000 quote tweets. Hey, on his head. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm uh, <laughs> Twitter. Man, Twitter's tough. Special place, man. Twitter Special is tough. Place. Twitter is tough. Don't mess up on Twitter. Oh, do not. Do <laughs> not. Oh, they got the swaggy P uh, shot with the turnaround and the brick. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. They shot his tweet. Oh, this is no good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.